Is Steph Curry the second best player in the NBA? Before I get back into ESPN's top 10, let's get back to the Timberwolves and how this has gone from a basketball issue to a soap opera-like issue. So now you got Carl Anthony Towns denying that Jimmy Butler sleeping with his girlfriend caused a rift between the two players. First of all, if Jimmy Butler didn't in fact sleep with his girlfriend, of course it caused a rift between the two players. But that's an off-the-court issue that of course would carry over into the locker room. That's soap opera stuff. And Tibbs and the organization, they need to get hold of this. But the way it's being handled so far, and the rift between the players, the coach, and the owner, Tibbs might be going places as well. Now, as far as on the court, yes, Carl Anthony Towns is an elite talent. He's an emerging, talented big man who could one day be a top 10 player. But he does need to compete, compete harder on the defensive side of the ball. That's the one flaw in his game and the fact that he doesn't get in the post and play with a lot of force. Jimmy Butler has pointed out to that to him on numerous occasions, as well as Tom Thibodeau. The problem is Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins don't seem to handle criticism well. Now, I'm not saying that Tibbs is with, without fault. Clearly, what Tibbs is doing is bringing in his guys. He's got D. Rose. He's got Todd Gibson. There's Jimmy Butler. And they just brought in Luel Dang. I get why you want a veteran core, why you want that leadership and guys that are known as having that hard grind, get their hands dirty, the kind of guys that are aggressive, that play balls out. I understand why Tibbs would do that. But I also understand why that would create a riff. And I think there's factions within that locker room, and that's the problem. Not to mention, obviously, no one knows for sure this rumor about Jimmy Butler, whether or not he slept with Carl Anthony Towns' girlfriend. But if this is true, how could it not be a problem between the two players? And now you've got the owner telling other owners, as well as general managers, the Timberwolves are open for business, that they're open to the idea of trading Jimmy Butler. The owner went so far as to say, if you don't hear from my general manager, contact me directly. That goes totally against the information that the head coach and president of basketball operations, Tom Thibodeau, said. Tom Thibodeau said, we're not trading Jimmy Butler. So there's another riff. There's a lack of communication. There's a lack of leadership in that organization. I don't think Jimmy Butler is the only person who's going to be leaving town once this is resolved. Let's just remember as fans, when they do a ranking or they do a countdown, some fans will be offended because it hurts their favorite players rankings versus other fans being elated because their favorite player went up in the rankings. So when I look at number 20, which is Kyrie Irving, I'm thinking that if you're ranking Kyrie 20, Yes, you can make a case because he's averaged only 63 games played in his seven seasons that he's been injury prone and a little dinged up. You can hold that against him. But when Dame comes in at number 10, and I'm a big fan of Damian Lillard, I look at Damian Lillard and Kyrie Irving 
and their skill sets and their strengths line up. Their impact on games are similar. They're both incredible off the bounce. Both can shoot from range and both are fearless in big game situations. I'm not even saying that Dame's not better than Kyrie. What I am stating, though, is the separation from the two is slight. If you've got Dame ranked 10th, Kyrie should be ranked no worse than 11th. If you get Kyrie ranked 10th, then Dame should be 11th. It's that close. If you look at their numbers, you can make the case that Dame is a better facilitator. He's averaged over six assists a game four times his career. Kyrie's done that once. On the flip side, though, while both have the ability to score, Kyrie is a more efficient scorer. Last season, Kyrie shot 49% from the field and over 42% from three. Dame, for his career, has shot around 43% from the field and 36% from three. Again, both talented and gifted players. And I wish no ill will against Dame because I'm a big fan of his. I'm simply stating that the gap between the two is not 10 spots. Congrats to Dame for being in the top 10. Come on, ESPN. You got to do better with Kyrie. At number nine, Joel Embiid. Philly's big man is an ascending player. You love his confidence. You love how cocky he is. And you love his skill set. Not only does he have the ability to post and dominate on the block, he can also turn and face you. He's got an effective 16 to 18 foot jump shot. He's got spin moves. He's got step throughs, up and unders. The guy has the entire package and he has worked on extending his range and becoming somewhat of an effective three point shooter. We're talking about a guy who's also a very good defender and rim protector. I think as long as he can stay healthy, he will continue to evolve into one of the top players in the game. Joel Embiid at number nine. They got that right. And number eight is Kawhi Leonard. Obviously, the only reason Kawhi Leonard is number eight is because he's coming off of injury. Because we all know if Kawhi Leonard is 100% healthy, he's a top five player. Now, eight isn't a major drop-off, but some even have Kawhi in the top three. Kawhi is a great two-way player. Can shoot with range, can get in the post, has the ability to get to the foul line, and he's a lockdown defender. So Kawhi being in the top 10 surprises nobody. At number seven, Russ. Mr. Triple-Double. Russ just came off back-to-back triple-double seasons. That is history-making. That is unique. And, and these aren't Jason Kidd numbers, which I respect Jay Kidd. But here's Russell giving you 25-10-10 and 10 last season. Say what you want about Russ. He is the most exciting Polarized, one of the most polarizing players in all the NBA. I'm a big fan of Russ. I think most NBA fans are fans of Russ's. But if Russ wants to take his game and his team to an even higher level, I think he does need to step back a little bit. I think he does need to learn to play more off the ball. Maybe work on other aspects. He has all the tools to be a lockdown defender when he's engaged. Maybe the Russell Westbrook that averages 19 points a game, 8 assists, and 8 rebounds is a better overall Russ. I think what Russ needs to work on being is more efficient 
and change or modify his shot selection. He's a great, great player, but he's going to have to modify his game for the Thunder to actually have true title contention in the works. At number six, Anthony Davis. I I don't see why Anthony Davis would be number six. Personally, I think Anthony Davis is no worse than number three, but they've got him number six on this list. You're talking about 28 points, 12 rebounds, and the best all-around defender in the NBA. And he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he can ascend to be. AD is as gifted a player as there is in the NBA. I do think them losing Rajon Rondo will impact him to some degree. Maybe more so in the sense of the team success of the Pelicans. I think AD is going to put up numbers. Great players are going to put up numbers no matter what the odds. But I think that Rondo allowed AD to get easier catches in better spots. Still, AD at number six, that's a little low in my opinion. At number four is Giannis, the Greek freak. Giannis is only 23 years old. And he's already emerged as one of the top players in the league. But I'll say this. A guy that scores over 28 points a game, 10 rebounds, just under five assists, and it's also a versatile defender. But his jumper is still inconsistent. Yes, he can get into the paint, it seems to be at will, except in the playoffs where he struggled and teams forced him to beat them from the perimeter. Also, if you saw the series versus Boston, he comes into that series by far the best player in that series. And I thought more times than not, he let Al Horford play him even. If you're the best player in that series and you've got Chris Middleton, rock solid number two, Eric Bledsoe and Jabari Parker, and you're going up against a Baltic, a Boston Celtics team minus Kyrie, minus Gordon Haywood. They're not at 100 percent. Al Horford is a very good player, but he's not a superstar. You got to win that series. I actually think Giannis being ranked fourth is a little high. I would have Giannis maybe 10, maybe even right outside the top 10. I think he has all the makings of a superstar, but I don't think we should anoint him until he actually achieves something or proven he can carry a team. That's something he hasn't proven he can do yet. Tied for number four. So there's not a number five. Tied for number four with Giannis is KD, Kevin Durant. Uh, Obviously, I disagree with this. Kevin Durant, at worst, is the second best player in basketball. Let me say that again. At worst, he's the second best player in basketball. He's on a team with a two-time MVP who he's better than. Think about that for a minute. As much as I admire Steph and I like Steph, and this is not me coming against Steph. It's just big up in KD. Steph's a great shooter. Yes, he's a better shooter than KD. But he's not a better basketball player than KD. Kevin Durant at number four, ESPN slipping. At number three, last year's MVP, the Beard, James Harden. He's an elite passer. A lot of people don't know this, but Harden and the Big O are the only players to average at least 29 points and eight assists in multiple seasons. So when you think of James Harden, don't get caught up in the ability to score, the step back. The ability to take you off the dribble and get to the foul line. Last three seasons, over 11 free throw attempts a game. He's a machine. 
but he's also got great court vision. He's also a talented facilitator. And that didn't just happen. Harden was a talented point guard or he had that kind of ability when he was coming off the bench for OKC. But James Harden in the regular season is kind of like Peyton Manning in the regular season. James Harden in the playoffs is kind of like Peyton Manning in the playoffs. More times than not, I think James Harden has come apart in the playoffs. More times than not, he hasn't stepped up. If you're up on Golden State and you miss CP3, but you get two games to work with to win that series, you're the MVP, you're a superstar, and it's not like Capella's not there and Tucker and Ariza and all the rest of those guys there along with Gordon, and you still can't close that deal. You're not the third best player in basketball. No question you're a superstar and a top 10 player, but you're somewhere down the list in that top 10. I wouldn't have James Harden at number three. That's Anthony Davis. James Harden should be a little bit further down. Much respect to the beard, but you got to show me something, fam, in the playoffs. At number two, the chef, Steph Curry. The best shooter in the NBA and maybe the best shooter in NBA history. Steph has the ability to pull up from 40. He's got a deceptive handle. He's a good passer. He's got another skill that most people don't notice or ever talk about. Steph is one of the best screeners in the NBA. And that is a real thing because most cats won't put their body out there like that. But Steph does it night in and night out. He's a great screener. I think Steph is a capable defender. And he's a special talent. He's a special player. Steph Curry, no question, is one of the top five players in the NBA. But he's not the second best player in the NBA. Much, much, much respect to a two-time league MVP and a three-time champion. But that guy, with all those accolades that I just wrote down or just said to you, I'm actually writing some of this down. I just said to you, he's the second best player on his team. To Kevin Durant. At number one, this is probably the easiest thing in the countdown. It's LeBron James. New Los Angeles Laker, LeBron James. LeBron James, going into year 16, is still the most complete player in the NBA. Yes, he's taken a step back defensively. But offensively, he's never been more productive or efficient. And until Father Time taps him on the shoulder, I expect LeBron to have another MVP caliber season. Some people are projecting the Lakers to finish around 7th or 8th. Some insane people have them going to the Western Conference Finals. My measure is when I look at the current Lakers roster as they are currently constructed with LeBron, I think this is a team that's going to be no worse than a 4th, maybe even 3rd seed in the West. And if Brandon Ingram, if Kyle Kuzma, if Lonzo Ball all develop, all ascend, and more importantly, one of them goes to a level where they're borderline an all-star, then all bets are off on the Lakers' ceiling. Salute to the King for being number one on his list. Hey, Facebook fam, I will get back with you all on Monday. We'll talk about the results from this weekend in the NFL, do a little college football, and I'm sure there are going to be more developments over this Timberwolf soap opera that's just insane. Remember, 
Jimmy Butler didn't just ask for a trade. The man wanted to be traded before T-Wolves media day. That's Monday, and that doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon. This is the Cypher. Good looking out.